Good evening and welcome to another episode of Unstoppable Overcomers. I'm your host, Dorothy O'Dell, for this evening. Just would love to start today's podcast out first by saying thank you to our sponsor, The Left Hook Coach, an innovative entrepreneurial venture partner that will take your income and self-expression to the next level. With this established five-pillar methodology, The Left Hook Coach can help you build a solid foundation for success and expand your full potential. As a venture growth coach, The Left Hook Coach is dedicated to partner with you and your established business to help you grow your income and achieve your goals. Whether you're an entrepreneur or a professional looking to take your career to the next level, The Left Hook Coach can provide you with guidance, support, and resources you need to succeed. If you're ready to unlock your full potential and achieve your dreams, then schedule a free 30-minute consultation today. Um, definitely just go to this link here on the it's up here, calendly.com backslash XIN left backslash 30 minute question mark month equals 2023-05. With that, I am super excited to bring another veteran to the show. Mike Manazar, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks, Dorothy. It's great to be here. Great to have you. Uh, I am super stoked. I, I This is the second time we've had a Top Gun fighter pilot on the show, so... We were talking about that in the back, in in the back, making puns and jokes and everything. So we started. Yes, I love that. I'll have to remember that. <laughs> so tell our audience um, who you are and what you do now. Uh, I'm Mike Manazer. I work for a Fortune 50 aerospace and defense company now, and I joined about six years ago, where I transitioned from the U.S. Navy. Thirty-six years in the Navy. Um, grew up as an aviator flying Tomcats and F-18s, got an opportunity to learn how to boil water a different way with nuclear power, drove a couple of ships, commanded Nimitz, had five tours in the Pentagon, and I transitioned in uh, July of 17 and started working at my current company in September of 2017. So, And what did you like best about your military experience? Oh, my gosh. Well, getting to fly Tomcats, first of all, was was totally fun. That's all I wanted to do was uh, ever since I started thinking about going into the Navy, I just, I wanted to fly fighters off of carriers and, and um, I got to do that. And, and I just enjoyed it so much. And the Navy kept giving me great opportunities to do, you know, great things flying. I was a landing signal officer. I learned how to do that. So I taught young Tomcat aviators, how to, how to land aboard the ship and ship operations um, and I, I had wonderful tours kind of back and forth between being at sea, going to the Pentagon, for instance, kind of learning about that bureaucracy and then going back to sea, got to command a fighter squadron and uh, and then commanded above that. The culmination being the commanding officer of the USS Nimitz, um, which was just the best job in the galaxy um, and just just great time. So learn how to learn how to fly, learn how to how to drive ships, and uh, and putting that both of those combinations to work as part of a career. I just had a great time. That's awesome. So, what would you say is your overcoming story then? Well, so actually, Dorothy, I, I think the reason I wrote the book "Learn How to Lead to Win" is because. From the beginning to get to where I wanted to go, I had to overcome some kind of challenge. And um, so so in in the eighth grade, uh, my dad, who was a United States Marine, um, took us, the family, to a Georgia Tech Navy football game. And um, and I watched the midshipmen march on. And I he was an academy grad and I've been hearing about the academy for years up until that time. Of course, I'm, I'm a relatively young boy, but I didn't give a thought about where I was going to go or what I was going to do. And the mids marched on to the stadium like they do at Army Navy. And I went that that's what I want to do that right there. That means a brilliant flash of I'm going to do that. And so I went to the, uh, the school guidance counselor at my junior high I was going to. I said, I'm going to the Naval Academy. What do I have to do? And so she took out an eight and a half by 11 line sheet of paper, drew four columns and then wrote ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th grades in every course I had to take in all four years. And because my dad was a Marine and we moved around a lot, I went to four different high schools and every high school, I said, I'm going to the Naval Academy. I need to take these courses. Uh, what can you do for me kind of thing? So, so I got into the Naval Academy and, and I only wanted to fly. So I had to get through the Naval Academy, get a, you know, get a, a degree, graduate a commission in the Navy, get a flight school slot and then go down and fly. And then I had to overcome because I really wanted to fly Tomcats. 
I had to overcome the training in flight school to do better than anybody else. So I could have my choice so I could get jet grades and then, and then get a Tomcat slot at the end of that. Um, I did that. Uh, and then, and then I wanted to be a commanding officer of a fighter squadron. So you have to compete with the other officers that your peers are. And so I had to overcompete to do that. Um, against my own better judgment, my own worst judgment, actually got kicked through the door to go to Navy nuclear power. I did not want to go to nuclear power school, but the Navy uh, felt thought felt differently than I did. And, and so I talk about different kinds of mentors. We get into this later. You know, there's the mentor that puts their arms around you and says, you're going to be great. Here you go. And then there's the mentor that kicks you in the butt through the door and says, you can go do this, you know, get over yourself kind of thing. So I got through Navy nuclear power school, which is really hard. 42 years old, I'm studying like I was an undergraduate in college um, and then managed to get through the selection process again to be the commanding officer of the Nimitz uh, and and then to get through that. And so my entire Navy career uh, for 36 years was was getting past whatever the challenge was to get to that next level, to get through the academy, to get through Navy flight training, to get through Navy nuclear power school, to, you know, to learn that, to be good enough to compete to then be handed the, um, you know, the opportunity to do those things. So I, I think that's really what I would say is, is that that challenge of growing up in the Navy is what's, what's uh, gave me that experience. Wow. That is commendable, especially going back to school at 42. Like good for yes. you. Yes. <laughs> I'll be 47 next week. And I'm like, there is no way. <laughs> right. Exactly. If, if you're tuning in just now, just let us know where you're, um, listening in from in the comments that would be awesome and um mike your your story is one of definitely encouragement you know um just keeping on the right track and when you said that you knew exactly what you wanted to do and be um right away like i don't know of anybody that i've ever talked to that has had that uh in them that they knew exactly what they wanted to do i know i didn't <laughs> uh, my dad says you should be a bookkeeper you know everybody's gonna need a everybody that everybody in the world's going to need one. So just sign up for that. Right. Cause if you're, if you're not doing books, then you're doing taxes. And, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> then that now I'm into media. So here we go. <laughs> yeah. My kids were the same. So I have a 39 year old daughter, a 35 year old son. And of course I'm pushing them to go figure out what they want to do. They go, dad, you knew what you want to do in eighth grade. And, and so they didn't either, uh, you know, and are out doing their own things. And I think, I think that's, true for most people is they there but there's some time for any successful person there's some time in which they see something there's something happens to them there's an event um i think even more commonly um and i and i talk about this in the book too you're headed down one path and bang and you you get stopped right and you and you go well gosh i but you know what am i going to do now and then something some opportunity opens up and and then life opens up and that's, you know, and they can talk about that inflection point. I think it's just life is kind of like that, I think. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I think that's what it is. I think that's what the opportunity for me switching to this was. I saw it and I'm like, wow, never thought of that. And then mm -hmm. gone with that. So it's encouraging to hear, though, that your children didn't know. So that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. <laughs> Sit on mom and dad's couch and watch TV and eat Cheetos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not gonna happen. Not, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, not, not ever. I, that would never happen in our house either, because it was either if you didn't, weren't in school, you got a job. So either mm -hmm. you were learning or getting an education, or you were learning on the job, one or the other. So I and you know, I, Dorothy, you know that comes up all the time, and your as your listeners, you know, well, how do I, how do I guide my child or the person I'm mentoring? You know, in the introduction to the book, we talk about you know who who is a leader. And if a, a grandparent is mentoring their grandchild, you know, you're a leader If you know, any kind of influencing is, is that, um, you, you know, being a leader. And, and I think if you just provide an example and, and you model the kind of behavior that, you know, the kind of person that you would like the, the person you're influencing, whether it's a child or a mentee or a grandchild to be, I think that's very powerful. And, uh, the skills that are gained by a, by a child who, who has an example of, 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 you know, a strong person or a strong human being or a kind human being, or, 
you know, somebody who always, you know, gave back fill in the blank. I think that that children see that and and they they get a sense of responsibility that then causes them to look around for something that interests them in life. Right. But they're they're mostly thinking about, you know, that that role model example that that was set for them in, in an early age. Absolutely. Absolutely. For instance, when when I if I can connect those two thoughts, when I saw the midshipmen march on, I'd been hearing academy stories from my father for years. And so that was a personification. I had no vision for that story, I think. And I just I just thought of that just now talking to you is maybe that midshipman who I saw in ranks down there was the personification of the values that my my dad had been talking about the whole time, the, the stories that you know, made him from a, you know, a high school kid into a midshipman, into a Marine Corps officer. And, and maybe that was it was, it was just, that's what the, what it looked like. And so that's what I wanted to go do based on what I'd heard. Right. Like that. So you were being lead, you were leading to win the entire time. I give your dad's message. And, and then, you know, in your aha moments. And it's funny that you said that. I just thought of that as you were talking to me. And I'm like, I kind of have that effect on people. People <laughs> have no idea. And then all of a sudden they're like, they connect the dots of life. And it's just a clearing that I am, I guess. Uh, but, but seriously, I think if we were in tuned with that, even um, at a younger age, like I, I wish that my nephews would connect into something so that or even leaders or coaches or something that would mentor them into that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I think we, I think at one time we all had a great teacher that we really loved and admired and appreciated. Uh, yep. So whether that was a teacher or whether that was a parent, we've all had somebody in our life to mold us to who we are today, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. My experience in high school, I still remember my, uh, my, my debate coach was a lady named Mrs. Ducommon. My French teacher was, was a, uh, Ms. Gayron, I had a, a physics teacher named Paul Fuller, um, who really invested in me, and and I didn't really feel at the time. And then a track coach, I ran track and played soccer in high school. And my track coach Brian Overton, during the senior year, and it's easy for me to remember their names because they had that impact on me. You know, he was he was running me hard with this sort of military mindset, like you can't quit. Not only is this track training, but you can't quit. Where you're going, you're not allowed to quit. So. He would push me on that. And then and then uh, my father introduced me to probably my greatest mentor. Uh, and that was a guy named Chuck Clopton. Um, and in the Naval Academy structure, there are um, naval officers and civilians who are called blue and gold officers. And they're regional in our in our nation. There are also some overseas that look for for international uh, candidates. But but the blue and gold officer sort of keeps the candidate moving towards the Naval Academy. And Chuck Clopton really, I, I had a lackluster person who was kind of managing my candidacy to the Academy and Chuck took it over and he just set it up. Right. And, and so, I mean, that mentorship, seeing what was possible for young Mike Manazer and then translating my, my activities into where we were going to go. I needed all of that. Um, I needed all of that exposure. So math, speech, debate, French, physics, track. I needed all that exposure and those mentors to be, you know, focusing my efforts in those directions. And, and I, I think I did get to go there, uh, but I don't actually realize, and I don't think any of us realize the impact of our real strong mentors until later on. We don't believe in ourselves as much as they do. I, now I'm a mentor for a bunch of people, including uh, mid-level mid managers and junior executives at my current company. And I see potential in them that they don't see at all. And these are professionals. And, and I think so the function of mentors, true mentors, is to be able to see that potential and then and then be giving that guidance and that that, you know, uh, that support it says, no, you can do this. You can, you can do the stretches. Yes. You should go down that path. You should try this job, even though you, you don't know if it's going to be right for you. I know this is going to look right. And so our mentors give us that path to go down. And often we don't realize the impact they have us until well, well later in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't think any of us realize our true potential until, well, maybe not ever. Uh, or, you know, I certainly, it's funny that that's, has been the uh, catalyst the last month. I have really been working on uh, a couple different things. And a lot of people will go, do you have realized the impact that you have made? 
you know, especially in the veteran in, in the veteran space. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just me. I show up. I, I do what God tells me to do. And this is it. And they go, you really have no, no clue. And so for the last month, it's just been one person after the other coming out. And as somebody as myself is just like, I don't see myself as doing something extraordinary. I just see myself as showing up. And I think that's what a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't see themselves in, in any extraordinary capacity until it's, um, someone tells them. <laughs> Absolutely. 100% believe that. I mean, whether you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to, you know, put on more muscles in the gym or you're trying to do something, you never see that your progress to you. You see yourself every single day. Yeah. And, you know, that also goes for your professional achievements. I will honestly tell you, you know, people, they have a different reaction than I do to Top Gun, Flight Tomcats, you know, aircraft carrier. And when I say the words, I go, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. But I don't feel like that. I mean, I don't feel like, wow, look at me. I'm all of that. Um, so I, I think that, you know, that and, and the, the impact of leadership discussions or, or something that changes somebody's life. You know, the one thing you mentioned to them, all of a sudden you just click and you don't understand the impact you had on my life. And, and you you don't you, you don't see it just like you just said. It's really hard. And so you need that sort of affirmation. And, you know, not only is that powerful for for somebody who's who's trying to realize their potential, but it's really powerful for somebody who who is not quite achieving their potential. And you're being able to coach them towards that direction. And when they don't really want to go right or they they don't think they can go and, and that reaffirmation and that reinforcement, that support, you're going to be OK. You're really doing well. Trust me, you know, kind of thing. I mean, I, I think I'm like you. I say that a lot to people. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the truth. I, I people like us, we just do it like um, and I think that's why I re resonate so much with the military, because I have that drive to just push through and just do it. Um, doesn't mean sometimes it doesn't it's not hard or doesn't feel impossible. It just means that it's you just keep pushing through. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's and that's basically all you can do. So what made you decide to write the book Lead to Win? Oh, it's so funny. Uh, I, you know, short, or how quick, to short, lead to win, sorry. Yeah. How to, how, yeah. So it, the, uh, so let me explain that title. The title's clunky as heck. I mean, it's just, you know, lead, win, lead to win, how, you know, I, I, um, as I first, so let me talk about this first. When I first went to take command of my fighter squadron, which was the first time I was going to have command. In other words, officially responsible for 350 people or more um, up to that time. I've been leading. I've been learning how to follow at the Naval Academy, learning how to follow as a junior officer. I learned how to do the jobs that were leading up to being a commanding officer of an F-14 squadron. Um, I learned um, how to be collaborative, all that kind of stuff. But now I had to learn, like, literally, I, I am responsible now. And um, so so I literally I'm sitting next to somebody at the at the bar at Naval Air Station Oceana. And we're having our choice of frosty beverage. And it dawned on me, this is in 1997, you know, why is morale important? Like, you know, high morale. Why is it important? I can just order them to do stuff, right? And, you know, so it's a rhetorical question. And, and the, then the answer to it is morale is important because you want people to try to fail. You want people to be willing to fail for you. You want them to be able to risk and all that kind of stuff. Low morale, they won't. They'll, they won't try. And so they won't do that. So anyway, that started this whole journey I had through my entire rest of my Navy career from 1997 until 2017 of learning what it takes as a human to lead, to influence people. And so the book the book is a compilation of 33 stories that I learned something that resonated with me. Those stories started um, way back in 1977 at the Naval Academy and occurred all the way through my 36 year career. And they're as fresh now as as they were when it happened to me. And, and I can recall every detail of those stories because they had such an impact on me. And so I um, I really. Uh, was striving when 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 I would think about mentoring the up and coming commanders who were following in in sort of my command footsteps. It wasn't enough to kind of just go, well, you know, you 
you, you say it like this or whatever. I was really working on how to lead. What you know, go, learn their names first, and and here's how you do that. You know, go learn their names. Um, you know, connect with with them as as human beings. Don't lead with your title. You know, it's and then and then I would answer questions about well, what did you do in this case? Well, I did this. You know, and when did you use? Um, you know, when did you let somebody off? There's a great story in the book where where I looked past a basically a fireable offense for for a naval officer. And and I and I just counseled them and, and let it go, essentially. Um, you know, when do you do that? When do you use a stick versus a carrot? You know, the the what did you do when and telling stories like that? So so I really dove into real hard how to act as a good human being, as best I can possibly be, to be a good leader of people such that they get to the point where they don't want to disappoint you and you don't want to disappoint them. That's the idea. And when you get to a point like that, now you have a high performing team. Morale's high. They're willing to fail. They know you got your back. They're not going to quit. They're going to keep going in the direction that you want them to go. So I sort of kind of thought that way. Well, anyway, I was with a, a, a group of people uh, that that manage our finances and, and we're sitting in an in-person meeting in February of 2022. So a little over a year ago. And in the middle of this, this discussion, um, you know, I, I said, you know, I told a story and the CEO of this family office is, a, is a, become a very close friend and mentor of mine. Uh, his name is Ben Carroll. And he said to me, Mike, you ought to write a book. And I went, Ben, I, I have a book in my head now. I've got stories. I've got so many stories in my head, but I've got no time. He goes, hey, don't worry. Get some of that transcription software. Uh, we're on a computer, you're talking a microphone and, uh, and it writes you a, a word document and you instantly instant transcript, a couple of weekends, you're fine. He goes, and I'll help you. And I said, huh, that's interesting. Okay. Like everything else, busy life. I have a full-time job, by the way, full, full-time job. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm, I'm in Dallas for that trip. I come home a couple weeks later, Ben calls me on the phone. Hey, Mike book, I'm like, wait, you're serious. He goes, yeah, you got a homework. And he, and he said, uh, you got to come up with 20 stories um, that, that you think gave you leadership lessons. Well, I came up with 45 in about 20 minutes and just wrote them down. And, you know, story leadership lesson and just kind of wrote them down. And um, in April of last year, uh, I went down to Dallas and, and I worked half days. And then the other half of the day, I'd go to Ben's office and I, I talked into a microphone for, for four to six hours a day for five days. And I narrated the book. Um, and I talked about leadership lesson and I said, this is what it is. And then what Ben did with it. And, and this book doesn't happen without Ben Carroll, the two of us, he, he like interviews me and pulls stuff out. So the leadership lesson, um, he says, well, what did it smell like? And, and how did they react? And what was the weather like? And, and what did you think here? And, and he, so he, he just pulled all this stuff out. And, um, and then, and then I took that brunch of stuff and, and, um, he would do a little bit of editing on a thing and I'd write the whole chapter and leadership lesson into my voice. And then he would do the research to find the leader, the leadership resources that are behind each chapter. So each chapter is, is a cool story from my career. Uh, by the way, the editor cut it to 33 from like 45. So there's 12 stories. I, I like the other 12 <laughs> stories too. I was like, these are great, you know? And so we've got, some, we've got another book out there. Second, uh, I was going to say second, second sequel coming when? Yeah. Uh, well, I got, I still, I got a full-time job. <laughs> so, so do yeah. I, I get you. <laughs> I know, get on it, get on it. I know. And, yeah. No, we're, in fact, in fact, your friend Kim is part of our team, uh, you know, setting this thing up and, and making us go forward. And so we've got a lot of material there. So, so anyway, um, Ben did the research too, to, you know, we self-published on Amazon and we figured out how to put it on the platforms and, and I narrated my own audio book and, and we just kind of put this thing together. And so from a until we were ready to publish in, in November. We were ready to publish in November. And, um, and the editor said, no, you don't want to publish the end of the year. You want to publish beginning of the year. So we actually launched uh, February 2nd of 23 um, as part of that. So that's, that's how the book came about. And Dorothy, I just thought I was on another project. Just like you, you are talking about, you're on another project. And then I held the thing in my hand. Oh my God. Look at that. It's a it's a book. 
look at this. You know, I turned it sideways so I could see how thick it was. And yeah, you know, so. Isn't that so, the best feeling ever? Yes. It was epic. I'm like, wow. You know, in fact, there's a stupid video that, that Kim posted because I sent her, I said, look at this, look at this. And I sent the video to him, caught this book and she freaking posted it on it. Way of me being a silly idiot with this new thing in my hand. <laughs> oh, and see, and it is, it feels like a baby, right? Because I know mm -hmm. when my first book, I did my first book. And trust me, sir, I have a full-time job. I do, I produce two shows and host two, produce and host two shows working on a third one and have a business as a, a media consultant for, for small businesses. Uh, so yeah, I get the busyness and I have a family. So I totally get you. I, I pale in comparison to you. I, I, there's no way I come close to you. There's no way I just didn't. <laughs> I didn't say that for that, but, but yeah, but seriously, I, I like the whole talking into a microphone thing. Cause it's funny. Cause I've been dying to write a, my third, uh, third book. So hmm. it, that's Let's what see. I tell everybody. So they, they asked me, you know, people ask me, Hey, how did you, you know, what were like the tricks? What did you do? I said, first I self-published and, and Dave Chesson, uh, Kindlepreneur has this checklist that we just followed. And I said, but the first time saver is you get that dragon software and you talk into a microphone, you just, just tell your story right into the book, right, right in the microphone. Because I, Dorothy, I tried to write a story one time, tried to write the ejection story. And, um, and it took me like four hours to write two pages, you know, I trying to get it right. And so once you talk in a microphone, it gets it on paper. Now you can chop the thing. You mess around with it, play around with it, chop back and forth. So, you know, now you have something to play with. That's a huge time saver. I like that. Okay. So I am so anal though, because I'm the type of person that can sit in front of a computer and type it out and I'll be fine. I try to do the dictation before because you can, um, on word, there is a dictation thing and it yeah. types it out. I hate editing so bad that I can't go back and edit that. Oh man, that no, we, we edit it like crazy. So the cool thing about the software is you can actually watch it. Your, your rhythm, you know, learns your voice. You can actually, you get a rhythm going and the things, the things writing while you're looking at it. You can go, no, delete that. It takes away the sentence or delete. It goes back a word. So you can kind of get it to say what you're going to say. Now, see, relatively easy for me um, because the stories are my stories and they're the way I tell them, right? So we just want and just put it into writing. And and then, of course, getting into proper English and, you know, the grammar and all that kind of stuff. We had to do that. But, oh, my gosh, yes, there's a lot of editing. You know, we, we edited from easily, no kidding, play with it from April to August, and then just played a little bit with format from August to November. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of editing there. There, there is a lot of editing when you're writing a book and it's, um, and that's the part that I like seriously. I hired an editor to do it. Get this. So if you're self-publishing, I know somebody that can edit it for you for next to nothing. And uh, she did a phenomenal job phenomenal job. So if anybody out there needs that, I, I have that information. Just let me know. I don't have it at my fingertips or else I put it in the comments. Uh, I wasn't expecting to say that. So I don't have it. On yeah, me. we, we did hire an editor, uh, Ben, Ben search, and we found a wonderful editor. Her name's Sandy Wendell. Um, she's on, she's on LinkedIn and other places. She is an, an established editor. She was wonderful. And she has, she has an edge. It's like, Nope, stupid. Not going to do it that way. Nope. Nope, not gonna do it that way. So it's like, well, okay. So she was, she she took the book that we had, and in fact, the really cool thing is, the, you'll find it in each of the chapters of the book. There, there's a hook at the very beginning, and to keep people reading. And I've heard people say you can't put it down because the stories are great, and that's that's a, that is a shameless plug for you can't put it down. But but apparently, they're pretty good. And and the reason it's like that is because I tell a story in like chronological order. Like, mm -hmm. like I jumped out of an F-14 in August of 87. It's kind of a fun story. And so the way I tell it, though, is, you know, I was an instructor in the training squadron. I was teaching this hop this one day. We're out showing the student, you know, all these maneuvers, including vertical maneuvers. And, you know, and then we went out and did the maneuvers. And this is what they were. And I kind of explained them. And then over here, we eject, you know, someplace. And, and Sandy says, OK, that eject paragraph, that goes in the beginning of the chapter. And in fact, it's the beginning of the book. And then and then it goes, OK, now here's where I started when I was born kind of thing. So she she took the chapters and upended them and then really, really helped with, um, you know, once we got going to the leadership lessons, we were putting all kinds of 
stuff and the leadership lessons. And it was, it was, it was pretty fat. So she was helping to, you know, take some of the stuff out to still, um, you know, to still make our point. I'm also, I'm a student of um, brevity. You know, I don't, I, every word has to mean something. You know, I, I like to keep doing that and keep trying to see if I can get the, the messages down to something really concise. And so working very hard to make things shorter, more powerful, more hard hitting. Right. Uh, a lot of our content, we, we, uh, we strive to, you know, I, I, I want that as a standard. Um, and so we did, a, we did a lot of editing and then she restructured and then we did a, l- a couple ideas put back to her. So a lot of back and forth in the fall of last year. Well, that's awesome. I'm just going to take a little bit of a break here uh, for our next sponsor. Just want to shout out to Carrie uh, Petrush, who is the owner of the Highest Intent Life Coaching. Um, you know, have you ever said this about your partner or yourself? My partner never listens to me and we argue all the time. My partner always has to be right and everything is always my fault. Our relationship is boring. My partner doesn't trust me and we fight over money all the time. And we never agree on anything, especially on how to raise our kids. Does any of this sound familiar to you? As a couple, you as a couple have the power to change your relationship and create more joy and intimacy. Uh, for more information about Carrie's coaching, go to the highestintentcoach.com and where you will find links to her book as well as uh, you can make an appointment and schedule your free 30 minute consultation today. And just for visiting her website, you can get a free download uh, that she's offering 50 fun things that couples can do for fun. Have fun with this tool and discover your power. And you can go to, there we go, highestintent.com or 512-593-0524. So, Mike, I, I love what you said. I love your experience on your book. Um, and you, you definitely had a better experience with yours than I did. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I know now not what to do. Um, <laughs> anyways, I, I love that. And, the, and I've heard this story, uh, this line where it says facts style stories. Or, or I said it wrong again, didn't I? Facts tell, story sell. That's the name of it. And mm. when you, I think when you're a good sell, storyteller, that is, and it shines through your book. That yeah. it, it, that's definitely what makes it a winner. Yeah, uh, Dorothy, I exactly right. So, the structure of the book is: this is one man's journey through life. Here's some relatively compelling stories that most people have an experience they might find interesting. I try to make the stories interesting above and beyond what they already are. And then in my learning in that situation, this is what I learned from a leadership lesson. So we actually, we were banging around between whether it was a memoir or a leadership book. And cause the stories were cool. And, and when we had a focus group, look at it, you know, yeah, the stories are cool. What do you want it to be? A memoir or a leadership book? No, I want to teach leadership and talking about how I learned how to lead to win through all of these things, which is why the title is there. Mm-hmm. And so um, through and I and I have found for years now and it's just been validated over the last couple of years, the ability to tell a story to anybody makes it more impactful. Um, you know, when you go to tell somebody some concept you know let me tell you a story and and then you just launch into it right and so what i found myself doing is you know telling uh using storytelling to narrate the point um and and people you know they they stay they stay paying attention because it's kind of you know as long as you're a good storyteller you you can capture their attention and then all of us have watched people just get the point across by telling a good story and and we always you know strive to be some of those good storytellers. So I, I hope to be somebody like that. Um, a guy who does brand, um, he's a brand specialist or whatever you call that brand management, been doing it for a couple of decades. He made a comment to me that like, there's 1% of Americans that are good storytellers. And that's what people are looking for is the storytelling capability. And so that's what we hope the book did was to tell stories. And then of course the audiobook that I narrate, you know, tell my own story in the audiobook. Now you have my voice 
kind of describing across your car radio or in your, your, you know, AirPods or whatever, you, you know, telling you that story. And, and then what I learned with the, the passion and the, you know, the emotion in that thing as I, uh, as I learned that, that lesson. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's, I think we all learn something each, each time we do something. So good for you for like stepping out of your comfort zone and, and learning what you needed uh, in order to make your book a success. And so where is the best place that they could buy your book, Mike? So a- Amazon. Um, so the, the uh, audio book is on, uh, is on Audible and iTunes and all of those. And, um, and on all, let's see, an ebook, a paperback and a hard copy are all on Amazon. We also, um, it is in the retail space. So you can go to Barnes and Noble and get it and, and any other uh, retails that, that, you know, offer that kind of an open retail uh, space. So pretty typical place to go. If you want a signed collectible, you go to my website, www.mikemanazer.com. And there's a little button for buy book. And then there's a signed collectible that um, the buy book takes you to the, the platform to buy it. And then the signed collectible thing says here for this much money, you can get a signed one by Mike. Cool. The other thing that I want to say is that that website, you know, the book is like our uh, uh, little flagship. You know, I got my Navy going. It's my little flagship. Well, all the little boats around it are the content that we're we're doing. We're we've got a bunch of newsletters out. We put out a newsletter once a week. Um, it goes on all the all the the social media channels: LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and we push those newsletters out and. You can sign up for those newsletters on the website as well. And there's a whole bunch of content on there. I, I put some content that I I did a, a while ago. We got that on the website. There's a bunch of pictures, images of me doing my stuff in the Navy career. And it's kind of full uh, of, uh, of of some, you know, some good leadership stuff and some kind of a retracings in my career that led to, you know, putting it all down in a book. Right. Uh, awesome. I have that here too in the comments uh, to go subscribe to Mike's uh, newsletter. So definitely do that. I definitely can see that where you would learn something from Mike. I mean, you're very knowledgeable, Mike, and especially with all your years of training. Um, definitely anybody that I've known that's been in the military knows how to lead. Uh, and what you were saying earlier um, at the beginning, where if I forget the proper term that you use, but something along the lines that if you are, if your people trust you uh, and you allow them to grow, then they will definitely, uh, they'll succeed at everything and do anything that you want. You know, give them the, make them feel important and make them feel like it's, you know, they're part of a team and they will go to bat for you every time. If you remember nothing else from, watching the, the discussion today, if your audience remembers nothing else between our conversation today, it's that. Mm-hmm. If you value people, it's the central idea of any good leader. You value the people, their background, their work, their efforts, they show up every day, um, their perspective, their ideas, their outlook. If you value each person on your team, and you make them feel valued and it's genuine and authentic and you connect with them from the heart and not with your title. You don't leave with a title, but you connect with them. You will achieve everything you set out to do because they will be trying as hard as they can to achieve what you want to happen. And the nirvana comes and we said this already once they don't want to disappoint you and you don't want to disappoint them. Yeah. Um, there is the ability to create a diverse team. But if you don't include everybody in that diverse team, sorry about that. If you don't include everybody in that diverse team, then you're not gaining the, be- the best value out of each person, right? And so there's diversity and there's inclusion, equity, and belonging. And so you got to bring your team forward. And I just tried really hard in all of my commands to include leading a strike group of 10,000 people. Anybody I came into contact with, you know, I, I'm a Two-star, I'm a two-star admiral. The gradient between me and everybody else in there is pretty dang high. And I reached out like I was one of them at their level, no matter what level that was. And I made it, made them understand that I was in the trenches with them. And it didn't matter. We had 350 people or, or you know, uh, 5,000 on Nimitz, 10,000 in a strike group. You reach out and connect with people at a human level and they'll follow you. And because they know you care. 
Things like knowing their name, remembering their name, remembering who they are, just just acknowledging the fact they came to work. Thank you so much for coming to work today. That idea, um, recognition, anything that makes people feel valued, all of the statistics in our country point to the fact that people leave a job because they don't feel valued. It's not because they're not getting enough money or vacation time. They just want to feel valued. That's mm-hmm. the central idea. Sorry, I ran on, but that you no. said the important thing. I love that. And I just wish that more employers would take that approach. Um, I, in my 40 some odd years, I've, I've had maybe five jobs and I can tell you, you don't get a whole lot in there of that in there. Um, but I know when I was working for a trucking company and I was for lack of better terms, basically the office manager. And so I would be doing mostly bookkeeping, but dabbling with dispatching and, and dispatching our guys. And, and I built the rapport with our guys and, and I'm like, okay, guys. And they did anything for me. They give the boss a hard time. But if I asked, it was like, yes, Dorothy, what do you need? Right. Cause I, I took the time. I built that rapport. I knew what, yep knew what they needed. And I, I can remember there was only one time that I had one guy, he was just absolutely would not do it. And so I finally said, okay, I've asked you nicely. I've, you know, done everything without involving the boss. The next call is to the boss and then you'll have no choice but to do it or you'll be fired. So here's your choice. Like do it for me or I'm calling the boss. And oh, I'm sure I was called a bunch of names in that truck that day, but that was the only time in my 10 years that I worked there that I actually had to pull the bitch card. Um, and I really didn't, wasn't bitchy. I was just like, you do it or else. Yeah. Matter of <laughs> fact, right? Yeah. And, and I, you know, I'm like, man, if, if only certain uh, bosses could get that now, it's just like, they're there. They're putting their time in. Is it five o'clock yet? Let's get out of here. Yep. You know, I don't want to be here any more than you do. And I'm like, this is not the environment that makes me want to feel all warm and fuzzy and show up every day. That's, um, right. That's why I wrote the book. This is that's why I wrote the book. You 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 asked, you know, how I got to write the book. Well, ben, me and Ben Carroll, why I wrote the book is I want more people to lead like that from their heart, valuing people. We need more leaders like that because in my 36 year Navy career and my six years in the civilian industry, by the way, the lessons translate, they're the same. Mm-hmm. They, your, re, your listeners shouldn't be going, well, he's a military guy. It only applies to military, it doesn't apply to me. No, it applies across the board because it's about people. Yes. And I want more people to lead from the heart being good human beings and you'll get anything done. And it's all about trust. You said the word trust. I trust that person. I'll go through fire with that person. Why would you go through fire? I don't know. They care about me. I trust them. Can't even, you can't even put it into words. You can start having examples, Mm -hmm. but when you achieve that and, you know, best captain ever, best boss ever, best, I go, go through fire with that guy. That's what you're trying to achieve. And it's just day to day, trust building, caring, connection that you build with each person you're trying to influence. And when you're the boss, that's what you do. And that's going to get you the most effective results. So I just want more people to lead like that, Dorothy. So do you coach too? I can. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Put that in there. Mike coaches. Put that down in the Mike coaches. Kim, Kim, if you're listening, you need to get Mike into into coaching now too. Yeah, because I have to have as many jobs as Dorothy does. (laughs) Well, that's okay. Not everybody, not everybody needs to have that many either. Um, And, you know, you don't want to spread yourself too thin. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Um, I've been, I I have enjoyed, um, whether one-on-one coaching, and this is not an advertisement, I enjoy the the, um, relationship building, whether one-on-one coaching or team coaching, because I had an opportunity to lead uh, you know, team, large executive teams that then flow down to thousands of people. Right. And so you have to be able to influence a set of direct reports all the way down to, you know, you're influencing, you know, a bunch of people yourself. So I, I have enjoyed the opportunity to coach and to and to describe, you know, maybe different methodologies of doing that or again, telling stories. What did you do here? For instance, I, I will tell you, Dorothy, I didn't learn to delegate until I was second in command of USS Carl Vinson in, in two, after 20 years of being in the Navy. I mean, I was a commander 
And I could do about every job that was handed to me. And when I got to be the executive officer of USS Carl Vinson, nuclear powered aircraft carrier, I realized I can't do all this. I have to delegate. And so I learned to delegate to the 18 departments, department heads that were on there was 19 of us that ran this 5,000 person ship. And so, okay, what I would tell my younger self, like way back here, learn how to delegate. I mean, way earlier than I did. So one of the tactical reasons or, or tactical lessons that I tell people is, you know, learn how to delegate, extend trust to your direct reports, empower them. And that empowerment is going to make them like being at their job. And I didn't learn that until two thirds of the way through my career. So, you know, I was screwing up the whole time on, on the way to that bong lesson, you know. So there's hope for me yet, Kimberly. There's hope <laughs> for me yet. And with that, I'm going to bring Kimberly on to the show now because it is that time that we uh, do the fundamentals. So welcome, hey. Kimberly. Yes, I got to switch the screen. Oh. <laughs> Glad I'm an yeah. aviator. Glad I can turn upside down because I can hang on with the aerobatics here. <laughs> hey, we just did a little flight pattering, right? You know, that's like, all we did. We, I we, wanted to see if I could get Mike upside down. Yeah, so I, could... <laughs> I know you're going for it. You went for I, it. You I was going for it. for it. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, what happens when there's two pilots and now there's three. <laughs> that, initial, that initial little chaos there. It's all good. It's all good. Thank you. They, and um, Mike, wow, what a great show. Like, I oh, mean, cool. just like talk about making my heart sing and my soul shudder. Um, it just really, really gorgeous. And so many, so many different areas where I'm like, ooh, well, maybe I'm supposed to talk about this today or no, <laughs> oh, maybe this, maybe this. Um, so the thing that really resonated, Dorothy, for, and I don't know if we want to let the audience know that we're changing the fundamentals because um, I'm realizing that, um, We've not actually announced the shift that we're doing, um, but I, so, yes, this is so funny because I'm, I'm like, like on the no. leading edge here. I'm on the cutting edge. You of are, you, on you edge. are on the cutting edge. Um, totally. Yes. We are, we are 3.0ing the show. Um, so, so Dorothy, would you like me to? share sure or, you share oh. yes or or do you want me to do it well we just made the executive decision officially on the weekend so technically this is our this first is show. true well and you know mike has led me so inspiringly to just jump <laughs> in right um and and like the, all we have is right now right um so why not right now you know and and also to not con confuse the audience of of what the fundamentals has looked like up until now so this is perfect mike that we're doing this in 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 your in your amazingness um so so the fundamentals we've we've elevated to another level which is as opposed to always bringing another sponsor into this area to speak um and Dorothy, you're just going to have to forgive me as I just like, you know, do what I do. Right. I can't not do me. Right. No, no um, so, yeah. So, so, you know, I started the history of the fundamentals, right. Got started um, because Dorothy was absolutely committed um, to discuss deep issues, right. On the show um, or at least be able to do that. Um, and in an hour's time, you know, some of the dark places that she would allow the show to go. Right. So ultimately light could be brought there. Uh, one of the things that was happening is, you know, 60 minutes can go really fast. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the fundamentals was birthed inside of a commitment to always end the show in the light. Right. So mm -hmm. no matter how dark the show needs to go, right. It would always end in the light. Um, and so I was honored, you know, to, to, to be, um, accountable for that, that part of the show. Um, and in, in that space, what has, uh, progressed and, and, and we've, we've transcended into, um, I dare say gone another 10,000 feet, Mike, cause that was just there to say, uh, <laughs> um, is, uh, introverted, no less. Yes. We're doing this. D. Can I tell you something funny, by the way, since you brought that up? Yes, of course. We used to go flying at a sunset off the carrier. Okay, okay, and you watch the sunset, right? Yeah. Climb it over ten thousand feet and watch it set again. Oh, get out! That's Inverted. so cool. <laughs> Inverted. And then it set again, and you go up another ten thousand feet and watch it set again. Come on, Mike. Okay, you got to bring us up. Yeah, you got to bring us up. 
Yeah, the you're going to actually gonna flag experience it. that, Mike. Yeah, I know. I could just tell you the story, right? It's like, whoa. And then, of course, the green flash. That's for next episode. Okay, but I, can't that's fine. I, I took you off your. Um... No, no, no. You're right on target. You're right on target um, because that's so beautiful because that is our commitment on the show, Unstoppable Overcomers and our joint venture production company, uh, Unstoppable Overcomers, which is for people to really get that, you know, if you let go, right, If and you actually embrace all that life has given you, especially the darkest moments, you can go to new heights and you can have new experiences that you never even thought was possible. So no one is so perfect. <laughs> See, giving up, getting it right, and like, oh, no, we got to prepare for this announcement. Hell no, right? Um, you know, I didn't even know it was possible that I could watch three sunsets in one day. I'm in. Like, I want to experience that. <laughs> right? But you can't know that unless you're willing to have your darkest moments become your brightest lights. Right. And then be able to give that away to others. So inside the show, um, what has what has uh, we've transcended into is Dorothy being so gracious to say, hey, why don't we just make the fundamental section an opportunity for for me to shine a little bit more and to share the things that I'm up to and and that are available um, that Dorothy is either a living, breathing demonstration of and is participating in some way, shape or form. Right. And giving a little bit more time and conversation to those different products and services, um, as opposed to giving away that space and time to other people. So so that's what the fundamentals is now going to be. I'm going to listen each week and I may or may not have a special guest who may be a client of mine or whatever. Right. Uh, one of my resources or something like that. Right. To to help people get a better sense of all the things that that we either in our joint venture together or me personally have available to the audience um, as opposed to, and Dorothy's teaching me to stop giving away um, all my resources. <laughs> there's, there's that also, right? Um, so welcome everyone to the next level of the fundamentals. Um, so Mike, we're thrilled that, that we got to do that in your space. Um, with, uh, with responsibility, I'm going to keep so now that we made that announcement, um, I'm going to keep it super simple. And Dorothy, just tell, just put, throw up thekimber.com and I'm going to let everybody know. And it's very much inside of complimenting tonight's guest, right? Which is what I'm getting D is I'm going to just start whatever. I'll just let Holy Spirit tell me what there is that will complement tonight's guest. Right. Um, but the, our company, thekimber.com, is very simply focused on giving very simple, fundamental uh, processes for people to, agree, uh, uh, to achieve their dreams. Like, I don't care what it is. I don't care how big or how small, um, but 100% it, it, it's yours. Um, and then the other component of that is uh, constantly uh, keeping people in practices that will support them to see time, money, and people resources as infinite not finite. Right. And so the big thing that the one thing that you wanted the audience to get Mike about, um, uh, valuing your people is I'm very clear, you know, everything is a living, breathing organ organism, right. Especially a team and or a company. Right. And when, and when bosses and leaders and companies, um, where, where they start to stop valuing the people is nine times out of 10, it's the context of scarcity. They don't want to be those kind of leaders. They don't want to be those kind of people. We're not, God didn't design us that way, right? Um, but they're in a toxic context of scarcity. And so, hence, Kimbra, right? Um, which is its whole commitment is to continue to break down any conversations or limits around time, money, and people that would free people up, especially leaders, uh, to, to continually ongoingly value their people and love on their people. So that's the product that I saw to bring up tonight. Oh, and by the way, this week, this week only, <laughs> um, we're having the 411 um, three times. Uh, it is, it's mid-year. Um, and so we we're committed to offering it as much as possible. Uh, our 411 is a, um, uh, very, very simplified business plan, Mike, 
that was created by Gary Keller at Keller Williams uh, Realty. Uh, he built that company in 30 years, right, um, from nothing. And this, the very, very simple roadmap um, is the way to create big things very simply. Um, and so we, the Kimbra offers it once a month, usually not three times, once a month for free to all of humanity. Um, it's our give back as a company. And so we're offering it this week three times because uh, we want to invite people to not be discouraged that it's we're halfway through the year uh, to actually get that. If you use this roadmap, I don't care if where you are at with your goals for this year, um, you could you could actually accomplish a 12 month goal in six months. So we just want to put that out to everybody. So with that in the space, Michael, what are your three fundamentals? I absolutely, so God put me here with you because of the way you just introduced this. This is, this, this is the three fundamentals for your first rollout of the three fundamentals. And they're actually reflected in my experience through my life to this point and in that book. I'm not kidding. The way you said it. First, have a North Star. Where do you want to go? Have a North Star. Could be anything. You just said time, people, space, money, all that stuff. They're infinite. They're not finite. And so you gather all the resources you need along the way to get to that space. Your commitment to that North Star is so strong. If you get up every morning, you're willing to fall on your face, fail, and try as hard as you can. And so failure is okay to you. That's number two. Failure is okay. You got a North Star. I'm willing to fail on the way to the North Star. Now, Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. Great success. Well, how many times did he try? Like 10,000 or 750 or a million, but he tried a whole bunch of failures and he never quit. No. But he invented the light bulb. That was his, you know, one of his North Stars. Of course, he did a whole bunch of stuff. And so you don't fail until you quit. So be willing to fail. And so that's the second one is you try. If you don't try, that means you're quitting on the way to your North Star, which means it's not really your North Star. You're not really willing to go there. So maybe there's another North Star for you somewhere. And maybe it is this year. I want to be there by the end of this year. And maybe something happens to you. Life happens. That's okay. If you keep that North Star going, so a lot of my a lot of my counseling to people who are trying to do things like very simply get into the Naval Academy like I did. Maybe they don't get to get in the Naval Academy the first year, but you can get in the second year and you can keep going. You're just a year later. And so time doesn't have to be a failure for you. So look at it that way. And the third fundamental is the resilience and recovery it takes for you to get up from the failure. And when you actually turn around and look at that failure, you'll go, oh, that's why that was supposed to happen. And you learn from it and you see the hand of God is in your life. And it is you that was supposed to happen to you. And it happened because you learned that. And now you're going a different way with a new lease on life because you learned something. And so North Star, willing to fail. And then the recovery from failure, knowing you're learning something and you're just on a different path. Those are my three fundamentals for you. And I think they fit so beautifully in the way you describe what you wanted your new fundamentals to be. So I'll, I'll stop there. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. It's a perfect place to stop. And actually, I dare say commence because, Mike, there's a future for the three of us. There always is in uh, on whoever the guest is on our show. So um, and, and our audience as well. So we look forward to the commencement of what's next with you. Happily. Thank you. You're welcome. Dorothy, back to you. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> All right. I just want to give a shout out to our last sponsor, which is the second annual Don Graham Memorial Fun Golf Classic, which is being held this year, August 19th in Tilbury, Ontario. Come out, have some fun, support a great guy. Uh, memories of a great guy, my dad. And, um, yeah, and this year the proceeds of the golf course are going to the Chatham-Kent Chatham Cancer Support Group. Uh, so lots of fun, 
I'm sure a little bit of drinking and uh, a lot of shenanigans because, you know, you're with the Graham family. So, but it always promises to be fun. Um, with that, I just want to thank our guests that um, for tuning in from around the world. And I want to thank Mike for being our guest here and sharing all uh, of your wisdom here. And don't forget to get a copy of Mike's book right there. Or And don't forget Amazon or Barnes & Noble. And don't forget to sign up for his newsletter um, as well, which is in the comments. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. Mike, any last, last words before we wrap this completely up? I, I loved it, Dorothy. Thanks. Um, I so enjoyed the conversation uh, with you and Kim because it resonated um, with everything that I believe. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Don't forget, guys, be unstoppable in all that you do and see you same time, same channel next week. Oh, and check us out on the Roku channel, Unstoppable Overcomers. Roku, go check us out. This episode will be up there in about a week or so, uh, but definitely check us out and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. <laughs>